On the podcast today, we are going to dissect chapter 6 of the Tao Te Ching, and this makes up the sixth episode of the 81 Meditations of the Tao Te Ching. If you haven't listened or watched the first five episodes, we recommend that you go back and have a look at those. But it doesn't matter if you, you're here, then that's great. So, yeah, we're going to dissect this one today, and we'll, we'll look at two translations. We'll look at Derek Lin's translation and Jafu Feng and Jane English's translation. They are both very similar, and we recommend these two translations if you're going to read the Tao Te Ching. There's other good ones too, Hans Georg Moella and, and such scholars like that. Um, but there's a lot of other translations out there that aren't really translations, mm. which you know we've spoke about before. Now, this chapter essentially has short, only short six, six short lines and is basically a chapter about yin, the, the mystic feminine or the sacred female. And don't think about w- uh, women here. It's mm. more to do with yin, so it's a yin chapter. So to get into it, I'll re- first I'll read Derek Lin's chapter and Guy Young will read Jafu Feng and Jane English's chapter. So, the valley spirit undying is called the mystic female. The gate of the mystic female is called the root of heaven and earth. It flows continuously, barely perceptible. Utilize it. It is never exhausted. So. Okay. So, the valley spirit never dies. It is the woman's primal mother. Her gateway is the root of heaven and earth. It is like a veil barely seen. Use it. It'll never fail. So very similar, yeah? Um, in Jafu Feng and Jane English, there's only five lines, but there's one line that's actually um, connected. So, uh, in Chinese, it's six lines. So, uh, it's a very interesting chapter, and I think that if you're not familiar with Taoist philosophy, you're not going to understand this, particularly because we're using the valley spirit, we're using the valley really as a metaphor in this whole chapter. But uh, what we have to look at is that, you know, we'll, we'll go through it, right? So the first line, the, the valley spirit undying, and, and the first one with uh, Jafu Feng's is the valley spirit never dies okay same 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 so what we're talking about here is uh, basically the the spirit of the Tao, and so we can look at that in three ways when we look at this first line so we we've got to look at emptiness uh we got to look at spaciousness or expansiveness and we also have to look at the nurturing and supporting life principle yeah. and, and emptiness here what we're t- really talking about is being like it's empty like a cup so that's essentially what we're talking about with this first line. So when we look at, first of all, when we look at the empty part of this first, so the valley spirit, the empty aspect of the valley spirit, is we're talking about, as we've mentioned in other of these podcasts before, of the empty cup, right? So it's kind of uh, the, the useful emptiness, like we see with the bellows. Remember in the last episode when we talked about the bellows? The bellows is really like, it's just hollow, just, there's just... Em- uh, emptiness there but there's it has an infinite source of power there's an infinite power that you just gotta you gotta get it going right yeah without that space it will not we won't have any use yeah, it, what can you get out of it if yeah. it has no space right likewise with the valley and that's the point one of the aspects of the first part of this chapter so when you think about it in the sense of like a cup then you're thinking about um so think about it you're pouring fresh hot tea into a cup, right? So there's a really good use to have a cup. Like without the emptiness of the cup, the cup essentially has no value. Like if you were to fill that cup up full of clay, I mean, just just a block of clay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you'll find some use at it. Probably throw it at your husband or someone like that. But it's no different from just a brick. You know, from a brick. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So you know. And you don't want to get into semantics here. A lot of people, you know, on YouTube and who watch the podcast and that, they get into semantics. Oh, there must be some use to it. That's not the point. Don't overthink it. It's about we're talking about the, the emptiness as a sort of a, as a metaphor in a sense to for our mind as yeah. well. So in the Zhuangzi, it talks about the the chi of wind, right? So the chi of wind. Uh, 
is you know wind essentially is like is moving right so it moves through the hollows of the trees right and so um which you know animates the tree and you know makes the tree move this and that and so likewise we have to think of the the chi of the Tao moving through our mind mm. and uh that we've, we've explained this on the podcast before that moves the chi of the Tao or the movement of the Tao, however you would like to put it gravitates towards emptiness so if your mind is full of like a lot of opinions and beliefs and agendas and you're very self-interested the the Tao can't make use of you mm. you're not the valley spirit you're not open and receptive to receive the fundamental forces of the universe. And then people wonder why things don't happen in their lives mm-hmm. or they don't uh, attain greater, a greater sense of equanimity or peace in their life or this free and easy wandering aspect that Zhuangzi talks about because they haven't, they're not open to those, the forces of the Tao. Yeah. Um, as we both know well about uh, Neo-Confucianism, in Neo-Confucianism they talk about the importance of uh, space in the universe, mm. basically. There must be a reason why we call the space space, right? Mm. And um, yeah, a lot of people might think that uh, space through the sky is a whole empty, um, empty spacious, uh, undying nothingless, mm. the infinite nothingless. Mm. And what's the use of that empty space, basically? But that space itself, it holds this, uh, such great power, which contains planets, yeah. right? And living, living beings, living organisms, obviously. Mm. So that's, it's to show that the emptiness itself, uh, it holds this tremendous power and energy, which gives a birth to 10,000 things. Yes. And that's... Uh, and the, one of the core teaching of Neo-Confucianism, which originally came from South um, Korea, mm-hmm. yeah. So that uh, um, goes with uh, what we are talking about, isn't it? That yep. uh, force of emptiness, and it's like you said, it's interesting that how chi uh, gravitate towards the emptiness, and as you mentioned about um, our the two the individual level as well that. If, if we don't have that space space in our mind that we are um, unable to uh, accept the different opinions, different ideas, right? Yeah. Which kills um, yeah diversity and creativity. Definitely. Well, yeah, neo-Confucianism, oh, well, obviously because it, it is uh, composed of what Buddhism, Taoism, Confucianism, yep. there's going to be elements in there and... And it's a great philosophy on its own, right? Like Neo-Confucian. But that, that very similarity of the, the Taoist idea. And like you said, like, we don't value, you know, and this is Lao Tzu's point, we don't really value space. But like, like you said, with the universe, if you look at the universe, space is not just this empty nothingness. It's, you've got to think about it this way. The, the, the space of the universe contains the whole universe. So it's containing, like you said, the planets and this and that. Everything is happening within that space. And that essentially is, yeah, met- is a metaphor or a representation of what's going on inside our mind as well, right? Because consciousness is only space. But then, the, you know, we accumulate the contents of consciousness and then we, we wander with these things that we have in our mind, these ideas. But we are just this empty vessel that is a kind of a wellspring for the Tao to express itself. So the stream of consciousness to express itself, which we'll, which we'll mm-hmm. get into later. Yeah. But um, so like this idea, like we were mentioning the wind of the chi and this and that is, is uh, when your mind is like that, it's perfect for learning and renewal and hence the valley, right? So there's uh, this constant process of uh, you're, you're receptive, you're open, and you can learn things, whether you you know agree with them or not. But you can, you know, you can experience this reality like that. So you you are receptive, as we were saying, to the fundamental forces of the universe. So, and and because we were talking about space, that which is the second part of this first line, like this spaciousness, this expansiveness, is like the the valley itself is vast, right? So there's 
as you were saying with the universe, the mm. uni- I mean, the universe isn't just vast, it's just infinite vastness, yeah. you know, so, which is hard to get your head around really, right, with this infinite vastness. So, but what this means is that there, is that there's, um, there's plenty of room to, co- to contain, uh, like for the valley, right, the valley is vast, so there's plenty of room for the valley to contain many different living organisms. Do you see? And you see how this relates to the mind? It's like a vibrant ecology. But you need to create a vibrant ecology within your mind. Right. You know, so you have to have a vast valley in your mind that can contain many different things. Mm. Doesn't mean you're uh, uh, attached to those things and this and that. It just means that what that means is that when things come into your uh, field of consciousness, you know, you are tolerant to different beliefs and different opinions. You don't have to believe those beliefs and opinions, but you're tolerant to that and you actually sort of encourage diverse thinking. That's right. You know, because that's what a vibrant ecology does. It, it, it thrives on diversity, right? Yeah, when you look at the valley, literally in the mountains and valleys mm. and mm. hills and yeah. nature, they're like there's animals, there's some flowers and... Mm. The fields of um, I don't know some um, vegetables and like it's it, there is everything. It's not like um, the valley um, takes side with um, animals over plant life or anything like. The that. vegetables rebel against animals or something yeah, like that. That just they start protesting against animals. With <laughs> that's just ridiculous talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whereas the valley itself is it remains as valley and it um, yeah contains everything. It embraces everything right mm. and let it kind of almost accommodate all these living organisms to take root and grow and do their thing mm. right yeah and that's what's important for us on a psychological level right is about uh, understanding that people have different beliefs and it's not that you have to you know uh, overpower them with your belief system which is a problem with the world right we have demographic swamping from certain religions and and cultures that's caused a lot of harm in the world without you following the way of wei. if we followed the way of wei and were tolerant and just accepting of other people and followed that yin sort of path then everything's all good it's a thriving valley you're encouraging diverse thinking because uh, like you said without uh, that sect of people and that sect of people, we don't have this vibrant cultural reality yeah. too, you know what I mean? So people don't think about that because people, you know, especially when we look at politics and we look at uh, certain nations, big, strong nations, they always want to influence their power over smaller, unassuming nations and even over other strong nations too, they want to influence, right? So then you're trying to just play one game. And what happens with that is that um, it causes a lot of resentment at a deep level with other people who actually have a different way of viewing the world and a different way of thinking. And this is where you've got to be very compassionate towards other cultures and people and understand that, you know, it's a vibrant ecology of minds, you know, and the sage understands that and is not attached to any sort of way of thinking they're looking at it as this vast panorama of the valley. And for the sage, it's just, you know, it's an interesting reality. It can be a beautiful reality, yes. you know. And it doesn't become a beautiful reality when people start coming into conflict with different worldviews and so forth and so on. The reason why we have this conflict existing around the world is because that's completely against nature. Mm. That um, accepting everything as, as they are just like in the valley in nature, mm. is completely going with there. That is nature, law of nature. Mm. And like you said, in the superpowers in the world are trying to influence other countries with their own culture and political regime and whatnot. It's a very dangerous idea mm. because it, it's against nature. Yep. It, it kills diversity. Mm. Nature is, is diverse. diverse yeah. there is, if there is only one type of trees then, I don't know, we might uh, face a serious uh, mm. ex- extinction, yeah. right? Because there is diverse diversity in nature mm. so that all the organisms take root and we get to have different kind of fruit and vegetables mm. and whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. Just like that. 
But if these are superpowers keep trying to, you know, influence other countries and the way people think and whatnot, mm-hmm. it, it kills a lot of um, important things. It kills beauty around our life. Yeah. And it, uh, trying to, it will try to uh, dictate the way of, way of um, thinking, mm-hmm. which is uh, very dangerous, actually. This is uh, Zhuangzi's idea of the human flaw, mm-hmm. see, of the, the, the qing, of the discerning between this and that. This is where all the troubles come from, right? Because when you accept diversity, what does that lead to? Harmony. When you accept diversity, it leads to harmony. When you fight diversity, it leads to conflict. Right. You see? So we are in a process of constantly fighting diversity and fighting uh, the situation according to how we think it should be. And I use this example. I think I've spoken about it before. We, had a, we have a good friend when we were living in Sydney about 11 years ago. And um, there was a spider that I didn't really disturb, you know. I mean, they made a little web on our uh, window. And I thought, you know, just then do his thing. Just, yeah. and, and my mate, our friend, came over one morning. We were having a tea and just having a chat. And the, the fly kind of, there was a fly was around and got stuck in the web. And my friend is like, oh, you should help that fly out. And I was like, but this is like, this is how the spider has its food. Like, why should I interfere with this process? And so, see, this is a problem, like what Drungs was saying, like we, we get this moral disposition as humans where we think that we are superior to the way of nature. But the way of nature is just the way of nature. You can fight that as much as you want. A lot of people are trying to fight the idea that, you know, uh, that without accepting that men are a certain way and women are a certain way, there are differences. And if you don't accept that, then you're going to live in a very difficult reality. It, that's not a sexist viewpoint. It's just the way nature is. And Taoism is about the way of nature and an acceptance of the way nature is. And so in saying that, uh, my friend saying, you know, you should help the fly. And then eventually I thought, you know what, I'll try and, okay, I'll try and help the fly. And then in the end of the day, what happened was I, I tried to have the fly. The fly died and fell down and, and, the, and the spider didn't get any food. It was a lose-lose situation. And that's kind of the reality that we live in when we fight this... Uh, organic nature. Organic nature. It's a, it's a lose-lose situation. You're not accepting the way nature is, right? And what happens is when you don't accept that, it leads to conflict and it leads to confusion which is what we see a lot in the world today, right? We see a lot of confusion in that because we don't want to accept the natural constitution of the universe. You know, like I mentioned with men and women, there are differences. You need to accept that. There are differences between animals. There are differences. It's a diversity of reality which brings about a beautiful harmony. You know, if there weren't, weren't differences between the sexes, for example, none of us would be here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. It's just that the interference, that's the That's the problem. point. Yeah, it's the problem. And so we're trying to fight the diversity. We're interfering with the diversity. We're saying, you know what? I don't like what that certain group are doing. And we're going to interfere with them and impose our will on them. And it's like, you know, just why do you have to even do it in the first place? It's like, you know, when people get so angry on YouTube, they start commenting this and that. If you don't like the content, why don't you just watch something that you like? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not very difficult. I mean, there's a lot of things that you and I have come across where you just sort of, all right, that's, you know, whatever. Like, yeah. you, you don't really think about it. So, But that's kind of what we're trying to get at with that sort of, uh, that e- uh, the natural ecology of diverse, uh, the, div- the vibrant diversity we actually have in our mind, which allows us to accept the reality. So, so that actually leads into the third part of the first line, which we were talking about, which was the nurturing and the su- supporting life aspect of that first line. So we're still on the valley spirit mm-hmm. undying. Yep. And so we're talking about, so living things thrive in the valley, right? As we've actually already alluded to, living things living together thrive in the valley. And we also can thrive as human beings in the world mm. when we accept each other, when we understand that, Diversity is a natural constitution of life. Instead of thinking that it's a blank slate and everyone is like supposed to be a certain way, and this is, you know, again, nurturing aspect is also requiring 
uh, empathy towards other people and compassion towards other people mm. as well, which yep. uh, which is being supportive to other people and also depends on your position. But uh, wherever wherever you are and whatever uh, the situation that you are in, you try to support other people and lead po- lead people in a right way in the right situation under right circumstance and whatnot and again like yin we are talking as in energetic and principle wise so every individual uh, have this man and woman yes so that trying to we are we should try to tap into this uh, principle much more which is already within ourselves and we practice it as much as possible Exactly. Well, you said it. It's like harnessing this uh, leads to, you know, you, you're kind of like the Taoist sage, right? When you're a, a nurturer, you are sort of guiding people on the path or pointing people in the right direction. In some sense, through not doing so, just from living your life and yes. just like the valley, right? The valley doesn't really actively go and do things. It supports everything. And because it supports everything, it allows everything to thrive. The Taoist sage is sitting there in the background, but because the sage is there, they support life, and it, it it is it's refreshing for the common person to see the 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 sage on the mountain doing the work, you know, mm. coming back into silence and and accessing the Tao, because that's a inspiration for the common person, and that's you know essentially that's just how the guru traditions began, right? They because people would go to ask about you know, existential problems and, and so forth and so on. So the 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 sage leads the way. Um, and, bec- you know, the nurturing, and you know, is yeah about mentoring, about guiding. And also I've, I just uh, came to me that the nurturing aspect itself is not something we should, like, strive to do it. No. I think it once when we stop interfering in our own mind, mm. you just act on something because that is right thing to mm. do, mm. right? Mm. Instead of in your mind, you have all your, your little battle going on, and should I do it or not? And what if that happens? What if? So you are interfering with your own natural action, yeah. right? So just let it just happen without any interference within your own mind battle exactly. and just you are you are just doing the right thing yeah therefore the nurturing aspect just gets naturally practiced yeah and that's because the sage uh, is accessing the valley spirit mm-hmm. so like i said they like the valley they and as you said they they are acting without thinking it's they're following uwe to its nth degree so whatever has to be done, they just do it. Yeah. If I got to fetch some water this morning, well, if I don't fetch water, I might die of thirst. So it's probably best to fetch water. There's no sort of internal debate or battle mm. going on within yourself, yeah. and that applies to other people and other cultures. And it's not you're not applying your knowledge or imposing it over other people. And so the Tao sage, like the valley, is is receptive to the forces of the universe. So that means that they're ready to you know, be open to whatever happens in life. Um, they are receptive to new ideas. They are tolerant of different beliefs. And this is how they access the immortal spirit or the immortal Tao. You know, in, you know one of the things in, with Taoism, which has become a thing, especially through the, uh, the Waidan external path, even through Nadan, the internal path, is this idea of immortality that people have, but they think of physical immortality. But the immortality of Taoism is actually accessing the valley spirit, accessing, accessing that infinite well of the Tao that is constantly there waiting for us to open up to, yeah. right? And so the Tao sage is fully open to that and um, whatever has to be done is done, you know, without overthinking about doing it, right? And so... That's basically what the Tao Sage does. So they access that immortal spirit and they are receptive to the fundamental forces of the universe. 
Now we'll look at the second line. The second line is pretty self-explanatory, obviously. So Derek Lynn's one says, is called the mystic female. So, and it is, it is the woman primal mother. So this is pretty self-explanatory with everything that we mentioned and actually coincides with the, the first line, to be honest, the valley spirit never dies or the valley spirit undying. Um, the mystic female here is a synonym for, for yin, right? And so we're talking about the mysterious, the hard to understand, the dark, the dark aspect of the yin-yang symbol, you know. And so that second line is pretty self-explanatory with everything we've already mentioned in the first line. Yep. So, you know, the valley spirit actually being that, that dark, hard to understand, you yeah. know, if you haven't accessed that. So we'll move on to the, the third and fourth line, and we'll talk about the third and fourth line together because, well, it's you can't really talk about one or the other. You've got to talk about both. So Derek Lindsay's the gate of the mystic female is called the root of heaven and earth. Mm-hmm. Her gateway is the root of heaven and earth. Okay, yeah. yeah. So same, same. Quite same, yeah. Yeah, so we're talking about a gateway here. We're talking about the mystic female, and a lot of people will think, uh, this is related to childbirth. Mm. And look, it's used as a, it, the idea, it's, you know, in Taoism is obviously always using things like that as metaphorically, right? So before the 10,000 things, you're in the womb and then there's the manifestation of the 10,000 things of heaven and earth, right? So this is kind of like the first level of manifestation we could say or or the 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 origination of the ten thousand things is yin and so this is what the mystic female is so or the mystic or the sacred feminine however you want to call it from the Taoist perspective and so uh root is you know when we say here uh, is called the root of heaven and earth it's also think of like a tree as well you know what i mean like Mm. the, the root of a tree gives or roots give life yeah. to, especially externally, right? Like roots are in the ground, but you know, it's the biggest uh, foundation of a uh, tree, isn't it? Yeah, like, um, of course. Yeah, that's why we, if you chop the root, cut off, then yeah, that tree's life is uh, pretty much sayonara. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. So when we talk about root, we're talking about uh, you know, is the, the root is the source of universal creation, right? So. Um, so essentially, you are the microcosmic perspective of the Tao. So uh, the root is essentially the source of your own life here mm. when we talk about ourselves. Mm. So the Tao is the source of your own life, right? So the root of your existence is the Tao, but you have to open yourself up to feel the forces of those roots to, you know, have the life that is waiting there for you to, yeah. to live mm. instead of fighting your experience. And so in nature, the root is the source of life. In the human mind, uh, the root is the source of thoughts, ideas, etc. right? Mm. So Again, the root can be, uh, be said as a, having uh, that space. Yes, yes. Right? Because from that space, space that you get the yeah, movement of the there. Yep. Like yeah, the empty space that has a like a yeah <laughs> equanimity within it and yep. that brings such uh, peace and space which can contain all the ten thousand things. Yes. And what if the root is filled by a lot of things mm. and uh, you don't have the space then you can't contain no. anything anymore no. you always be um i don't know fooled by these um ideas and opinions and things like that and you wouldn't have any space for yourself to reside in to have a rest right yeah. Yeah, so the root is related to the source of creation in general, right? But we have to look at that on all different levels. And when we look at it from the Taoist perspective, we're not talking, as we mentioned, we're not talking about giving birth to children. We're not talking about, you know, 
all of these things. We're not talking about it from a, a female's perspective. Yeah. It's about the creation of the Tao, about how the Tao creates through us. It's the creative yeah. principle. Likewise within the I Ching, right? The I Ching, the first principle is that creative principle. And it's kind of funny that, you know, when you're in within the womb of, of the yin, the creative and the yang begins to begins to move through you. And so that's how the Tao can uh, make use of you. Mm. So when we talk about the root here, again, is a, another part of it is that it's a source of creation and that uh, it's about the, the creative Tao in all of us. Mm. But again, to access that, you have to be like a valley, mm. you know. So if you're a Wall Street banker and you're riddled with anxiety and stress and you're never going to, as you mentioned, equanimity, you're never going to experience any equanimity, you're never going to have the feeling of the Tao in your life, which is the most important thing. It's not so much what we manifest and create in our lives, it's coming into alignment with the Tao and having that sense of equanimity and peace and tranquility that comes from that. And most of us don't experience that because we're so riddled with this go-getter attitude that Lao Tzu and Zhuang are obviously criticized, highly criticized. Yeah. So that's basically the nuts and bolts of the third and fourth line. Now we come to the, the fifth and sixth line and we have to talk about these together, obviously, as well. So, and actually they correlate to the third and fourth line and you'll see why. So Derek Lin says, it flows continuously, barely perceptible. Utilize it, it is never exhausted. And yeah, it is like a veil, barely seen. Use it, it will never fail. So, again, we're talking like with the bellows in the previous chapter, right? Like it's this infinite potential that's mm. always there, ever present. That's the doubt. You can, it's, it's, it's infinite. You mm. can't use this, use it up. Mm. This can be used up, obviously, yeah. over time. <laughs> but the more you access the doubt, the less this will be used up. But the idea is, you know, according to Drongsa, is you've got to become more useless to access this. You've got to be, again, the valley essentially is useless, right? Like because it doesn't, people think it has no function. Yep. What does the valley do? Well, obviously what it does is gives life from not trying to give life, you know. And that's a metaphor for the sage, right? Mm-hmm. The sage is not trying to impose their will on you. But like with the useless tree analogy in the Zhuangzi chapter, the useless tree they can't make boats out of it there's no straight planks but where does where do everyone go to seek shelter and refuge under the useless tree yes and that's a metaphor for the for the Tao sage Mm. everyone goes to seek knowledge and you know it's also a longevity principle as well Mm. so if you're constantly toiling with life and this and that you're going to burn your system out but if you're shanti like the sage Mm. or like the useless tree then you're allowed to grow uh, to a, you know, a large size, but you're allowed to live a long life without being cut down by society. Mm-hmm. You know? so, so when we look at this line, like when we look at it, it flows continuously, barely perceptible, this means that da- the, obviously, as we've been alluding to, the Tao is always there and sort of not there for some people because you can't perceive it. Right. You know, so it's only those who have have aligned themselves with the Tao that can they have the sense of the Tao. It's a it's very a fine balance point, I think, and uh, it's very important to always uh, having that recognition of the Tao mm. in everyday life. So that we can be in that balance point, so that uh, we are always in balance in the middle way. Yep. Yeah. It's it's a it's a ta- it can be a challenging and task every mm. in everyday life. But um, if we, I, I don't know, if we try to really get to that still point of the there, then. I think the things that uh, wasn't wasn't easy, it will become easy on its own. I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. 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 It's the dark. It's the imperceptible. Mm. It's everything. Like, and you you can't see it. You can't hear it, but you can sense it. Mm. For those who have, again, become like the valley. Yeah. And this is you know, 
essentially, and you and I have spoken about this so many times on the podcast, the Tao Te Ching is a book of humility. And I know in this day and age, humility is not thought of in a positive way because how is that going to get me a million dollars? How is that going to uh, advance my career? Okay. You, you are, have different motivations in your life. Yeah. But if you are interested in the deepest aspect of life, then you will fall into a line with humility. And naturally, not, mm-hmm. it won't be a, like a Uriah Heap in, the, in Charles Dickens, right? Where it's some sort of fake unctuousness, this, this sort of humility, which is mm-hmm. kind of a fake humility. So yeah. um, <clears throat> it's a book of humility, but you have to become that to sense that. And so, as it says, it flows continu- like barely, barely perceptible comes from it flows continu- uh, continuously, right? So, um, obviously, what it means there is that the Tao is, is continuous, like like a mountain stream. You know, mountain streams. You go up to <clears throat> you go up to the, the source of the Ganga and just roll and roll and roll and roll. It doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. And so it's like a it's like a stream, but you have to think of it. it's it's a it's a metaphysical stream. You can't see it, you can't hear it, mm. but as we all mentioned, you can sense this stream, yeah. and this is the stream of consciousness coming through you. Mm. So you know, in meditation, for example, we can stop our thoughts, we can cease thinking, but the stream of consciousness is continual. An idea, a spontaneous idea, will flower in you, or a spontaneous thought in relation to the, the experience of your reality will come to you, that's the Tao. Mm. That's that stream of consciousness, you know. But the irony is here, it's, it's in stopping thinking that you can access the stream of consciousness more. Mm, stopping thinking. Stopping thinking. Stopping thinking. Yeah, Mm-mm-mm. that you can access the Tao more. Yeah. You know. If your mind is turbulence, the vrittis are strong, the whirlpool is strong, then you can't, nothing's going to come to you. Yeah. You know, there's no access of, of, the, of the stream. Mm. You, yeah. you basically divorce yourself from the stream because your mind's too busy. Mm. Yeah, just um, we need to be able to perceive that uh, invisible force is always there, mm. isn't it, for yeah. us to um, embrace it. Mm. It's a matter of uh, us seeing it or not. It, or it's always there, mm. and we we easily get distracted by dramas in everyday life, so that we often forget or we often miss it to get the good use of it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. We look at all of the works of art of the past, right? They came from people who were very introspective, very mm. contemplative. And they were essentially tapping into that source unknowingly. But you don't need to know it. It's just there. Like we're talking about it because we, we do know it because Lao Tzu and Zhuang Tzu were kind enough to write this knowledge down. <laughs> so, but then if you look at art in the modern day, it's influenced by, you can tell it's been affected by distraction. Mm. And it's, in some modern art, they're just rehashing yeah, the, oh, oh, what's been done? What's been done? Yeah. Look at the music industry. I mean, there's a million covers, yeah, yeah. and people think they're new songs. Oh, this is a new song. It's like, nah, song from the '80s. Anyway, that's a whole other subject, isn't it? Yeah. But that's what's that's what happens to the mind when there's too much crap and too much distractions. You can't access that stream of consciousness purely. You know yeah. what I mean? You kind of you're half tapped in, but then you're also overly riddled with Instagram. Facebook. Again, the this type y- of rubbish. Yeah, Yin principle is uh, became like uh, something so important than ever. I think nowadays because, like you mentioned about how people get distracted and things like that, that we are too Yang. Mm. And simply, when you look at um, general coffee consumption around the world, it shows a lot that coffee being a very yang, and in Chinese medicine, coffee has completely no use for health benefit whatsoever. No. Um, it only agitates your own nervous system, and um, 
you just you will constantly be caffeine overloaded, mm. right? And that only encourages you to be active and doing things without having um, a proper rest. So mm. you're constantly in a um, in a stream of a, a restless state mm. of mind. Mm. So that is there is no place for yin in in no, that. No. So that's why people have a yeah. I mean. Significant amount of people are suffering from anxiety, panic attacks, and immense amount of stress and whatnot. That's all because of that. So that that harnessing the yin principle, again, doesn't matter female or male, to every single one of us, mm-hmm. to embrace the yin energy is, I think, more important than ever. Yeah. As the Tao Te Ching says, know the male, but stick to the female. Yeah. So know the young, but stick to the yin. So you should always be in this state of equanimity. But when you need to act, you act immediately and appropriately to each and every situation. This is the way. This is the way. You're not burning out your system. But if you're drinking, like you said, <clears throat> overloading on coffee, agitates your nervous system, it agitates the sympathetic nervous system, and the sympathetic nervous system is already on fire because you're already doing a lot of things. Yeah. You know. And so we essentially live then in a yin-deficient world. And people wonder why people are burning out, why people are suffering from anxiety, stress, depression, suicide. It's because of yang overload in some cases, in a lot of cases, actually. I remember even in my own hometown, there was not, I couldn't even think of one coffee shop when I was young Mm. in the 80s. None. You go there now, it's full of them. And you think, what happened? Yeah, every second block. Yeah, every second block. Coffee distribution has become a big focus of the world. Which is ironic because the psychology of people is getting busier, 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 ramp it up, ramp mm. it up. Let's step more into yang. And it's like, no, 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 let's step more into yin. This is why, as I mentioned, why things like humility and that become can become second class citizens because it's, it, it doesn't fall in line with yang. I mean, the bedhouse of yang is humility, which is yin, yeah. but people don't think about that. And that's why they scoff at humility. And it becomes this poor cousin of being aggressive and, you know, being a go-getter and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and having no compassion for other people. You, you become then essentially just self-interested. Mm. So, but that's a good point. And so the thing is that uh, the, the, the flow of Tao, as we were mentioning, is, is constant, right? It's a, it's a continual stream and it never ceases. This, it's, it's like an infinite wellspring that's just... But if you're, as you said, you're having coffee and you're overthinking, and you're just young, this is, it's, it can't use you. It can't use you, you know what I mean? There is no space for yin. No. Yeah, it's too full. Too full, Cup yeah. is too full, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm. I've had many emails, and you know this, that how do you create so many videos, write so many books? And it's because you and I, we live a very quiet life. Mm. You know, we're not out, we're not party people when we're not socialites you know we live a very quiet and content life yeah and you know and so for me like when ideas and that come for books it's just it's just what always happens yeah, like it just pops up pops up and then i just start writing things down and then i've got all these bunch of notes and it's like well the anxiety builds like oh, <laughs> i gotta write this damn book you know so but that's that's the way it is yeah so the best you can do with, with, with this stream of consciousness is to, uh, is to align with it and to, util- like it says here, utilize it. It's to utilize it in a constructive way. Mm. So you've got to think like of a reservoir, right? Reservoir, mm. again, like this, this empty wellspring. Mm. And so that's like what, what Lao Tzu is saying is utilize it. And it's never it's never exhausted, right? So it's it's ever present, and instead of uh, using it for, or you know, not that you can use it for you know negative means, but instead of uh, essentially, I should say, not using it or ignoring it, use it in a constructive manner with yes. in in a state of uway, mm. in a state of you know emptiness and humility. And, yeah. Yeah, without any in- interference and just let it mm. uh, 
do its thing without your own mind battle and mm. let it just again idea of doing the right thing mm. just like uh, if just like following the law of nature mm. right then utilize it use it constructively mm. yes that's um again that's the wisdom of uh, nature yeah. as with as you know like something like music right a lot of musicians who are fully like aligned with this creative principle they create wonderful pieces of music and to them they they always think oh, how the hell did i do that yeah you know like it just like it's almost like something took over me and to uh, recapture that is very difficult and, you, and what what happens to a lot of musicians when they're a little bit poorer the creative juices is fire, mm. fire, fire. Mm. They don't have much, so they're much more content. Yeah. Uh, there's not much distractions. There's just a focus on, you know, I want to create good art. And then they create these wonderful pieces. And then once the money comes, the distractions come. Mm. And then next minute, they can't recapture what they had once had before. Unless, and we know there's some artists like this, there's been artists in the past who understand that principle and they continually give their money away, their possessions away right. because they know that that's going to mess with creating great pieces of art. And so essentially the Tao Te Ching is, is about contentment too, about less is more, not more is less because of that mentality. And we, live, we don't live in an age of moderation as we know, right? So More is better. More is better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So... And as we were talking about, it's never exhausted. You know, it's it. The Taoist is, is an infinite source, so you can tap into this as much as you like, but you have to be like the valley. You know, so and we don't confuse this with law of attraction too. Yeah. No, law of attraction completely new age and has nothing to do with Taoism. If you align with and tap into the source. It doesn't mean that things happen for you out here. It means you are the source of those things happening right. out here, right? You like are aligned with this creative principle. Sure, fate and that can be aligned with the metaphysical stream of the Tao, but you don't want to think that in the sense of law of attraction because law of attraction is very connected to the ego. It's very, you know, oh, I created yeah, my reality. Right. More like... Uh Material-based desire, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, that's definitely not Lao Tzu's point, right? <laughs> so, you know, it, it can benefit your life when you align with that. You 100%. Know, 100%. So, and we also have to say that when we look at the valley, and we've mentioned this before, that your physical, uh, your physical vessel, this, is the valley. And the spirit of the valley, some people say it's the soul. And soul is usually a bad word when you relate it to Taoism, Hinduism, Buddhism. So you would say, in this sense, you would relate it to the Atman in, in Buddhism, the undifferentiated consciousness in you. So the valley spirit is that undifferentiated consciousness. The, yeah. the valley itself is the physical vessel. Right. This is the relationship to, to you. To be that valley and be that empty valley yeah. within yourself within yourself yeah. yeah so this thing is the valley mm. you know what i mean the valley can be either uh full of crap or the valley can be a vibrant ecology as we were talking about it can yeah. be uh it can be tolerant to different worldviews uh can tap into the creative potential when needed mm -hmm. you know and so um it, essentially, it's about being in touch with your, you know, your original nature, the Atman. So the power, which is actually the power of the same, the power of the Tao. That's right. So to sum up this chapter, this chapter is basically about real acceptance. It's about creativity. And it's about that the Tao is the source of your own existence. So in saying that, meaning that you don't need to rely on a guru or a religion or any sort of spiritual path to walk the path, mm. right? And it's not that the guru or the religion are not necessary in some sense because it can be necessary for other people. But in the end of the day, 
the Tao is the source of all life. And, and for the Tao to use you as it will, it requires you to walk that path. Right. You know, and that's what basically the, the crux of this chapter is about, right? You, mm. you essentially are the root of your own existence. So this means that, you know, everything good plus everything contrary to your wishes, you accept. Mm. So it's like this radical acceptance, right? That's the valley spirit. Mm. So if good things happen to you, you accept them. If something happens contrary to your wishes, we don't want to call that bad, but contrary to what you would prefer, you still accept and you, and you move and you still continue to walk the path. Yeah, that's a very challenging path, but there is no other way but to accept, I think, yeah. to go through that and, and also move on from that. Exactly. Yeah. Real acceptance, right? Like as we were talking about earlier with the Valley Spirit, uh, spirit is um, you accept the diversity of the world, you accept different belief systems, different opinions, because that's what life is. Mm. That's the ecology of humanity. Yeah. Not the ecology of, well, the ecology of nature and the ecology of humanity, same, same, right? So, so basically, like in, in, in respect to that, you, ex- you accept your responsibility to, like, to ex- you know, you, that you need to accept the good and the bad, so to speak, in your life, right? So, and in doing so, and in accepting your responsibility, you accept your power. Like you accept the Tao's power as, as your power, so to speak. Mm. And so, basically, that's the crux of the, that entire chapter. And I think we unpacked that very well. Mm. Yeah. And oh, no, I was going to say that uh, once you embrace that path and you walk on that path, that power of Tao becomes your power. Yeah, like how you always say about um, yeah that Taoist path. Exactly. Yeah, that's a perfect way to end. So <laughs> we hope you guys enjoyed, and we'll see you guys next time.